Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, we're back. Yes, sir. Fantasy's yes, we are back. back. We are back. Your thoughts. We are back. We're back. We're back. Uh, yeah, man, I'm just excited to be back. Um, yeah. I mean, FPL never leaves, to be honest. We not just, our hearts, you know, anyway. No, definitely not. And definitely not in our, our minds as we... Parlay that into information across the uh, the interwebs of the world and into people's ears right now as they're sitting on their train or their toilet or um, wherever wherever they may be. You know, we just do you drop- think anybody's listening to this on the toilet in the train? Ooh, I mean, it depends on how long the train ride is. I mean, you know, you know, I don't know what it is in the state. You know, abroad, you know, in the states, you know, I wouldn't trust those toilets. I'd probably hold it. That's a good point. But- what is your methodology for avoiding having to use the bathroom on things like planes and trains? Um, unless it starts coming out of me, the bathroom is not, not an option. Right. But like, do you ensure that you go before you board? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like taking medication or pills to like prevent myself from going. Listen, your body's going to tell you if you have to go. And if you have to go, you have to go. Like, mm. There's no stopping that. You know, if you have to go on a plane and you like the opposite rotation of the water being sucked out and the blue water, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, thing life happens. You know, life happens everywhere. Life happens in the FPL. Everybody gets injuries and rotation risks and all that type of good stuff. But yeah. it, to, to that's, quote that, um, Jurassic Park, as you referenced life a few times there, life uh, uh, finds a way. Yeah. And I, could, I got a good quote from Jurassic Park too. Ready? Mm. Rawr. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Also, uh, you were so busy uh, thinking whether or not you could. I know you didn't ask if you should. Or from the from, from the non the non masturbating T Rex. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, think, think about that one. Let that get in your ears for a little bit. I might not. Um, but um, several things happening in the FPL landscape since we last spoke. Um, we will just dive into that now. Do it. We'll start Do with it. not transfers because there's lots of transfers. We'll get to that in a second. But what did happen was our first double game week, and man, did it suck. So, uh, do you have any consolatory words for people that triple captain this week? And do you think people should start thinking about the next double game week, or do you think they should approach it with trepidation considering how disappointing this double game week was? Well, I mean, Going into double game week is always like a crapshoot. It's like sitting and playing bingo and, and you have the first four numbers called and then basically you're waiting for that last number and you never get it. You know, that's what basically the double game week, you know, preparation is and, you know, the expectancy of point return and then you just, sometimes you just don't get it. You know, there's, you're allowed only three players per team. Everybody knows this. And sometimes you hit on the right players. Sometimes you don't. There just wasn't the accumulation of points, the accumulation of goals, the accumulation of, you know, tertiary or ancillary or whatever stats you want to throw in there that add to your FPL total that just didn't come from Spurs or West Ham. Listen, I, I kind of knew this was going to happen. And I don't think by the early double game week fixture, I wasn't fully on board with the whole you know, package of it. I wasn't, I'm not a cane owner. I haven't been a cane owner for a while. I'm not a <clears throat> proponent of double, of triple capping someone when I don't feel it. I know, yes, on paper, West Ham was a sort of, I feel it kind of thing. But leading up to that, how confident in, in Kane were you? Like he blanked in like three of the last, three of the last four games going up into it. Um, he was sick. Um, you know, and then everybody jumped on the Hyung and Sun bandwagon, and he had enough return that people weren't like, eh, okay, I'm, I'm a little pissed off at mm-hmm. Hyung and Sun. And that goal against but, West Ham was fuego. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a great goal. But, you know, these things happen in FPL. That's why you're, you know, you can go all, all pot committed, but, 
you know, keep some keep some crisps to yourself. Keep the triple captain. Creep, you know, now everybody <laughs> has now everybody has the new wild card now. So I mean, there's there's beautiful things on the horizon for the FPL universe. So there's nothing to fret about. And talking about future double game weeks, you know, we are on the precipice after to you know today's game with Arsenal and Chelsea of possibly seeing another day, double game week being announced, and that's probably in double game week. Uh, a city's going to blank most likely in double game week 28 because uh, their game against Arsenal that week, it, now that City had, has beaten Bristol City, is probably in in doubt here. So after week 28, you run into Champions League fixtures, which are you know in week 30, uh, the Tuesday Wednesday after week 30. So the future the future scheduling of the FPL is is an ever changing chameleon right now because City is looking like they're going to blank in week 28, and then the winner of Chelsea Arsenal may also blank as well. So I mean, there's something to look forward there because. You know, I'd rather look forward to, you know, double game week with City, Chelsea, or Arsenal than West Ham and Spurs. I'm no offense to you, Kevin. I know you're a, a devout Spurs <laughs> player, and I know you're probably changing the, the lettering on your George Nduku jersey, uh, or however you say it, then now that he's at Burnley. George Kevin Nkudu. There you go, Nkudu, whatever. The guy from, the guy from Star Wars who says, go back, it's a trap. Um, <laughs> Admiral Nkudu. It's a trap! But, but, you know, from that standpoint, I'm looking forward to what's on the future horizon now. You know, the FA Cup is in full steam. The, that's going to alter some fixtures moving, moving ahead. Um, but, you know, it's only week 20, what is it, week 24? We got plenty of time, Kevin. We got plenty of time. Mm. 23. It's week 23. See, I'm even jumping ahead. Yep. Although only 15 match weeks left. Makes it sound much shorter. Yeah, but um, then, but you, but you know what? Then there's like there's what four weeks off, and then the World Cup starts. So anybody who's mm-hmm. a fan of footy and and uh, FPL MLS, if anybody's into that, that stirs their pot. It starts March 10th, the FPL uh, MLS season. So wow. there's that as well. Yeah, uh, all kinds of strokes for all kinds of folks. Um, this is not the most important transfer, but you mentioned it, and I'm a homer, so I'll bring it up first. Uh, George Kevin and Kudu moving to Burnley. Um, scuttlebutt that uh, Tottenham have been given assurances that he'll start um, at least half of the remaining matches for Burnley, which could make him an interesting option. Obviously, the performances have not been high, which is why he's not been playing much. But the talent level is, uh, mm-hmm. and he's likely to just step in in the, pra- in the place of what was originally Brady and then has just kind of been a mix of people since. Um, so it could be an interesting guy. I think he's in the fives. Um, but, uh, let's get on to the people that actually. Well, the funny, the funny thing about George and Kudu is he goes to a Burnley team and he's automatically the highest priced midfielder there. Oh, really? He's tied with four other, three other players at 5.4. Is it Goodmanson? Uh, it is not Goodmanson. It's DeFore, Hendrick, and Brady. Wow. Interesting. Wait, still Brady? <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, it's the, it's the fourth Brady son. He's, <laughs> It's the Brady Bunch. Um, why did we never do Burnley and the Brady Bunch? That made so much sense. I don't know. Because it's, um, it's we're, we're way cooler than that, and that's too cliche. Oh, okay, that's what it is. We, we're super we save that kind, and awesome. We save, yeah, we save that kind of stupidity for other podcasts that, <laughs> that try to mimic our style and, and jock our jock our our bees. They try to bite our flow. Yeah, totally. Etc. Um, fair enough. All right. Well, the the biggest news is probably the double Liverpool stuff. Um, yeah. Van Dyke came in. I don't know if we've done a show since he came in or not. He obviously scores the header in the Merseyside Derby uh, in their round of the FA Cup. Is that somebody you're looking at, especially considering Liverpool's good home form? Yeah, we did. We did talk about it. We talked about it last week. We made. Mm. We did do a show last week. Um, yes, he did score. And at five dot five, I, I believe he is now five dot four. Mm. He's somewhere somewhere in that vicinity. Five dot four. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely somebody you could look at. Um, you know, with with Liverpool's schedule, their their pet propensity to score goals and keep clean sheets at home, he's got he's got to be an option for for people moving forward. Because people, the only problem that runs in with Liverpool is they have so many other offensive weapons that you want to own. You know, Salah, Firmino. You know, now the next guy we're going to talk about is Coutinho. Um, you know, Mane is still owned pretty you know over seven percent. So you know, people are always looking for that third investment for Liverpool, and I think that VVD is probably the the guy there now, because you know, I think Coutinho, minus the Coutinho situation, I think it, it it alleviates everybody spending, you know, eight eight plus million or not eight plus five eight point five million on a midfielder from Liverpool, because now you're probably most well, the whole world is already owning Salah at nine dot whatever you bought him in at, 
Um, Firmino is an interesting player at forward because the forward ranks are, are up and down and blah and blah and everybody has their own buy-ins and loves and, and dislikes. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like Van Dyke at five to four. I've always been a, a Van Dyke supporter. If anybody's ever listened to this podcast, which is probably our 200th or somewhere around, probably 150th together in all formats that we've done. Um, if you go back to like week one or week, episode one or, or two that we've done, um, I, I've probably always been screaming Virgil's uh, praises because I think that he's one of the better stay-at-home defenders that can get involved in the fray offensively. Yeah, he's, he's just so good in the air. He's basically what you know people expect from Nicolas Otamendi offensively is basically what you can expect from Virgil Van Dyke. That's the best comparison mm-hmm. I can think of from an FBL standpoint, and he's a million dollars cheaper than Otamendi. Right. Yeah. Uh, definitely agree. It, it would be a tough ask this week against City, uh, but again, mm-hmm. Liverpool do have the best home defense in the league. Uh, you alluded to there the Coutinho departure. Obviously, sell him <laughs> if yeah. you own him because uh, his kit isn't going to change to Barcelona, and you still get points in the FPL game. Um, who do you think benefits the most from this? It is worth noting that we did a Liverpool update uh, on the EPL roundtable. Um, and Dave Hendrick thought it might be Oxlade Chamberlain. Um, mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. Not sure that's as fantasy interesting as if it was Lalana. Uh, yeah. but, but where do you think, uh, we'll see some of that, that point share going? I think, you know, granted, if Liverpool doesn't do anything else on the transfer market, I don't know if they're done spending or whatnot, but, you know, I could see this completely helping out Adam Lalana's, like, value here. You know, at 7.3, we saw what he was last year in glips, you know, dribs and drabs. When he had, he had the ability, that, wasn't it around now, like January, yeah, February, and he had like literally two like the really last good months, the last like twelve games of the season last year, when Klopp completely bought into playing him, and he basically played like that adjunct ten role, which you know I know tens and nines, and you know it's kind of weird, but I think Lalana is going to be that guy, whether he gets you know the same positioning as Coutinho does, but the love the love there is. A, his price is 7.3. If he starts, he's the cheapest starting, you know, midfielder for Liverpool that you want offensively. I'm, I'm not buying Oxlade Chamberlain being anything. I'm not buying Wijnaldum, you know, being anything more than a defensive guy or when he plays Newcastle. Um, but, you know, you know, Mane and Salah are, are always going to be there. Salah's at 10.1 currently. Mane's 9.3. You know, that's a big, that's a big difference. If you can get involved and be on, you know, the forefront of a, you know, of a player like Lalana at 7.3, and he starts performing for a team that's going to score a lot of goals in the upcoming fixtures. I know they're probably not going to blow the doors off, you know, City this week at home. But look at their upcoming fixtures. It kind of flip flops a little bit for for one or two games, but then it goes it goes Swansea at uh, uh, at home uh, on the road, Huddersfield on the road, Spurs at home, Southampton on the road, West Hampton, West West Ham at home, Newcastle at home, and that takes you to basically March, and so that's three out of the top. Three out of the next eight fixtures are against teams in the top ten defensively. So, I mean, pretty that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. Um, staying in that city, uh, Cenk Tosin moves to Everton. Uh, do you think he's somebody that people should start looking at owning? Does this just mean to stop owning DCL and maybe the, the low shares of Rooney and Nias? What do you think that effect will have uh, on that Everton attack? Yeah, well... It basically puts a, a dagger through the heart of the my Calvert-Lewin uh, love fest. Although, to be fair, his performance had been doing that all on their own. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, he's basically played himself out regardless of what his price was. That's the unfortunate thing. Calvert-Lewin was, was in a lot of people's squads because of his price, not more of, of his return. They were more involved in him in a price and say, ah, if he does something, that'd be awesome. I, I, I like Tosin, you know. I, I kind of I'm kind of weary of you know when everybody's saying that oh this is Big Sam's guy. Um, anybody who says that and is a, is a you know a, a great supporter of EPL or FPL in general, name me the last guy that Big Sam has had as a striker that scored over 15 goals in a season because I can't think of one. I literally oh, legitimately I legitimately can't think of one. I actually went back and looked for like three or four years before we started this and I ran out of time and I couldn't find one. But you know, I, I don't want to put the scarlet letter on, on Tosin, but you know, this is a good move for him. He goes from from a Besiktas team that was they're doing fairly well in in their own home league. But, but look, it's Turkey. You know, he had four goals, two assists, and four hundred forty nine. I'm sorry, I'm reading the reading the long. He had eight goals and assists in twelve hundred minutes for for uh, Besiktas before before transferring to Everton. You know. 
tra- transferring that over, you know, Turkey is nowhere near on the same level as the EPL is. You know, I mean, yes, there are two or three teams in there that have tons of stars in it. And if you look at the Besiktas squad, they have a ton of names that make sense to everybody. They have Charisma, you know, Alvaro Negredo. They have a lot of guys that you've heard of before, Ryan Babel. A lot, lot of guys on that team that are, you know, known around, you know, anybody who knows soccer knows those names. So there's – but I don't know how much he's going to be – contributing up top. I know the Neos rumors are that he's going to be gone. So, I mean, if, if Neos goes and, you know, Calvert-Lewin basically is just lying in the weeds there and you still have Wayne Rooney there, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see what he could do. I'm not buying him right now at 7.5, but I mean, Everton need a guy. We've, we've talked about this how many times this year, Kevin, two or three times that, that Everton seemed like they have a lot of the pieces for the buildup, but they're missing that, that striker type guy. Mm. I think I think this this may be their first you know the first you know arrow at the at the bullseye here. The hope that they they hit on a guy that can take them up to the, you know the top six or top seven wherever they they ever have ambitions of going. But I mean I'm I'm anxiously optimistic waiting to see what what Tosan can do because you know he fits the mold of what they're looking for and you know. In a nutshell, I'm basically comparing him on a lesser team to to basically the, the anticipation of what a Murata could do for for Chelsea, but obviously on a downgraded sale. But if he could do 90% of what Murata does, he's a, he's going to be a bargain at 7.5. I'm surprised you're alluding to Murata right now, considering how struggling he's been the last three weeks. Well, you know, I listen. If he wasn't getting chances. People would be screaming that as well. But guess what? He's still getting chances. He's just not capitalizing on them. The only thing that that's bad for Murata is that he'd he'd lose to a one man, a one legged man in an ass kicking contest because he can't kick for shit. You know, that's the only that's the only bad thing right now <laughs> is, is that Murata. But you know, from a from a worrisome standpoint, yes, it's worrisome. I'm a Murata owner, but I'm holding stout that you know what? I'm more optimistic in him. That he's still getting chances, just not converting. Listen, it'd be completely worse if he wasn't getting chances and, and not converting. But he's getting chances and not converting. But the odds on chances that he's, if he continues to get chances, he's still going to convert once in a while, even if it is at an alarming low percentage of, of you know attempts one on one with the goalie and you know shots on goal and all that. He's gonna he, he's eventually gonna find the back of the net. Whereas I'd be I'd be more worrisome if you know you're looking at say a guy like you know Lukaku or Another striker in the Premier League that is isn't getting any chances and and you you know you don't you won't score any of the goals that you don't take. So from that standpoint, I'm I'm completely holding on Murata because I think that it's going to come. And I think people who are jumping off the bandwagon because he can't score one on one. Yes, we notice that he gets nervous in front of from when he's on one on one with the goal. He looks like he 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 almost wants to you know like lay down and and, and suck on his thumb and, and steal Linus's baby blanket. But like I get it, but the chances are coming. If there was no chances, I'd be a complete, you know, I'd be like, sell, sell Murata, sell it faster than frozen concentrated orange juice. But he's getting the chances. That's the one thing I want to tell people. Listen, his price is not something you, you really want to be like, eh, you're, this is one of the, Murata's one of those players either you're committed to or you're not committed to. There's no in between there because it, He's going to be one of those players that's going to score two goals one week and then probably hit the hit the post three times, knock the goalie in the face three times, and not score the next week. But he's getting chances. That's what all I want to tell people in the FBO universe. And his price did go down. So I mean, people are jumping off ship, but I don't know where they're jumping ship to. I mean, are they they, they pedaling down to Sergio Aguero? Oh, guess what? He his price went down too. Are they pedaling down to, to Harry Kane? Oh, guess what? He just disappointed the thousands of people who who double ga- you know triple captained him and had a double game week. You know, there's there's so many uh, question marks with the the forward ranks in FPL right now that you know you gotta you've gotta almost you know put your foot down you know and and say all right this is my guy until he isn't the guy and then I'm moving on and Murata to me is that guy because the chances are there they're just not converted chances that's the only bad thing. Yeah, the interesting thing for me always with a player that's uh, shooting below their career shot accuracy, which is both Murata and Kane, funnily enough. Yeah. Although yeah. Kane's shot totals are so heinously high that it hasn't really affected him too much. And, and um, Salah is no Salah is no genius either. If you look at his shooting percentage either. But well, I mean, Salah, Salah's still top five, though. Uh, I mean, oh, of course. The other but, two are... 
but I'm saying, you know, comparatively, he's he's not converting on on a thousand, you know, every True. every thousand chances either. But people are just, but because he has been getting results and scoring more frequently than than others, he he's the the bell of the ball. Everybody wants to take him to prom <laughs> or this or the Sadie Hawkins dance or whatever whatever dance they want. To <laughs> the Sadie Hawkins dance. Um, also, uh, just while we're talking about it, good news on Salah. Sounds like he will be fit for the weekend. Uh, so mm-hmm. for those that held on. That should be a benefit to them. Um, I, I agree with you, Amarada. The interesting thing on cases like these, as I, was, as I was saying, is do you think that this is going to be a negative outlier statistically or that struggles like that mean that a breakout is coming soon? Um, it's, mm. it's really just up to you. I mean, Lester's defense yeah. isn't exactly worrying. Yeah. Um, so I, I personally am holding on, uh, yeah. not for excitement, just because uh, other moves were more pressing. Um, and as you said, he's getting the opportunities. He just isn't taking them. Um, I don't know if Conte will stick with Morata this match or mm-hmm. kind of give him a break and give Batshuayi a go just to kind of give Morata a match to get his head right or if that would be negative for him. Um, and he needs to just kind of keep rolling him out there uh, to show faith in him. Um, some of those misses were, were dare I say, Soldado-esque. Um, unfortunately, but I can, I can definitely see the argument for why you would want to keep. Um, the other Chelsea news, um, Ross Barkley has been signed by Chelsea. Uh, are yes. you interested in buying him now? And what does it mean for the Fabregas, Bakayoko, Drinkwater trio? I'm so excited about Ross Barkley. He's such a friend of the program. We've said so many good things <laughs> about him. we only ever said the, nice things. Through, through the annals of, of this podcast. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I... Listen, this kind of this kind of nukes two people here, um, and it brings up a question that I want to pull it back onto you. It kind of nukes Drinkwater, but we kind of he wasn't really doing that much in league play anyway. Kind of nukes Bakayoko, which is probably a great thing because what we've seen out of Bakayoko is he can get himself on the end of a header, but can't do much else besides you know foul people and get in the way of others. Um, but I want to turn this on you. Do you think that Barkley? is in position or can do enough, not in the games, but show Conte enough that that they will be, you know, Chelsea will change their shape or form a little bit to incorporate Barkley somewhere into their lineup that they're more than they're challenging, you know, more than they're fielding right now. Not particularly. I think um, I think he'd be better served in a three in midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, probably with Conte and maybe Fabregas. I think it's more likely that he'll be, he'll be in a two, but that kind of limits him because basically if you're playing a two-man midfield, Conte mm-hmm. basically automatically has one of those slots ever since Matic left. So it's Conte and then what do you want? Because if it's Conte and Bakayoko, that's very defensive. If it's Conte and Fabregas, it's basically defense and passing. If it's Conte and Barkley, it's defense and kind of more of a box-to-box player. Um, you don't really play with a traditional 10, which is why players like Oscar and Mata had brief stints at the club. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he's used. Uh, but no, I, I don't think the tactics will change just because Barkley's there. I think that the lineups will change based on what Con- uh, Antonio Conte is looking for in each match. Yeah, I, I think that the natural position him for me right now, looking at what they possibly could field, is him right next to N'Golo Conte. That, that's the, the natural fit for me because I think it gives them more of an offensive player because a lot of times I've noticed what Chelsea's been doing is they have N'Golo Conte involved in the offense or in a position to, to gain a pass at, inside their opponent's 18, and he doesn't he's not that kind of player. Like yes, he's a gifted player all around. He you know he leads the world in interceptions behind. You know he's he's always in the top defensive metrics of of, of soccer. But I I feel like that now that they have Barkley there, I think that Barkley could take over and slide into the positions that Conte was you know sliding into into the on the offensive end. I am optimistic that he could listen. Anytime you sign a 24 year old who has who's an English based player for for a bargain or 20 million dollars less than it happened for, I'm all for it because you know what if if he sucks. He's going to get buried and, and he's going to hurt himself. But if he does well, he's actually going to help Chelsea and help his, his you know, if they want to retransfer him back out money. So, I mean, listen, it's, everybody's got to take, take chances once in a while. I mean, it, it, it doesn't hurt him. It's, it's only a depth, it's a depth addition, you know, but that's just me. Um, yeah, I, I agree <laughs> that it's kind of a wait and see one. Would you tell people that have Fabregas to sell out now or do you think that's wait and see as well? 
Yeah, I mean, I when's the last time Fabregas had a decent return? I mean, I can't name I can't name it off mm. the top of my head. Yeah, because I'm when actually, he's getting an assist, it's usually just one. He said, really hoping that was the case. You know, I mean, he's six he's six dot eight right now. His last oof, he had an assist two three weeks ago against Brighton, and that was his last assist since Thanksgiving. Oh wow. So I mean, he's sitting. So up you're saying much like we were talking about earlier with DCL, the the income of Barkley isn't really why you should get rid of the performances were already not that great. Yeah, no, I mean Fabregas shouldn't have been owned or shouldn't be rostered right now on anybody. If you were if you were a Fabregas owner, I hope that you switched. If you wanted to be involved and have you know offensive Chelsea players, you you switched over to to William when the chance was when the chance was there because William's been you know giving you at least decent enough returns the last four or five weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, there's probably nobody else in the ownership ranks of Chelsea besides Hazard that you could really own without hurting yourself otherwise. Otherwise, you know, Hazard's only owned in eight one eight point one percent because he's just not. He's maybe the world's greatest player in in the game, and when we watch it, oh, he's taking on guys, he dribbles around. But guess what? Where's it? Where's his fantasy returns? Yeah, you know, he's sitting on ninety five points, which is I think believe right right outside the top ten for mid- midfielders. And he's one of the top four or five most expensive players at midfield. So I mean, you're you're hoping and, and praying that Hazard does something, but there's other players on his team that are giving you b- better in-form returns. That like William Pedro's even scored a couple goals. You know, I mean, if you're if you're investing in Chelsea, there's there's two players that you should be invested in. It's and they're both on defense. So I mean, th- th- you should be saving the money and and just bringing in Christensen for the for the bargain of the clean sheet and bringing in Alonso for the cheap the clean sheet and the and the goal or assist or the offensive capabilities that he's 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 bring bringing to the table. Yeah. Also Alonso's a really interesting one because I feel like Alonso owners have been disappointed in him all year, but he's yeah. still clearly the best uh, FPL defender out oh, there. Oh, ridiculous. His returns are ridiculous. <laughs> his returns are ridiculous. I mean, at, sure his price, at his price, you know, he for price per million, it's he's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, um are there any uh, price changes of note? There are, but I got some questions for you. You just want to skip ahead because you don't want to. You don't want to put be in front of the oh, class. Snap. No, fine. we can do that. So, with this emergence of Jesse Lingard now mm-hmm. he's sitting at sitting at six three, he's gone up point four in the last three weeks. We, everybody notices the goals. He seems like he's in the right position to score goals for for a United team that is you know scuppering to find an offensive thread, you know consistency there. Is Jesse Lingard a new? Mares, or is he fast-forwarded eight weeks Richarlson? Interesting. Um, I think Manchester United obviously have more guaranteed attack than Watford did. Yeah, okay. Um, and Lingard is a beneficiary, whereas Richarlison was a creator. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say a little bit more Mares. I mean, I don't know if we will ever have a player like that year with Mares, although the year before that with Kane was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that Mares Vardy year was was insane. What I will say about Lingard is I think he's a must-owned now. I oh, think uh, if you had Richarlison or Gross, you pretty much need to move to Lingard while he's kind of on this vein of form. As, as you're kind of alluding to, it may not last. Um, we don't know. But uh, for right now, it's hard to imagine why you wouldn't be owning him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean his ownership has completely spiked. I, you know, and I, I'm I'm actually going to condone people. You know, we we uh, as a podcast we always say, you know, be a week late and don't chase points. I'm telling you to chase points here, and you're going to hear it again later when we do start tits because I'm still all over Jesse Lingard, and I think that there's probably there's still some meat on the bone to get there. He's st- he's owned in 15.7 percent percent of leagues right now, and that number c- continues to climb because he's the most transferred in player this week. It's based on price. It's based on returns. It's based on United's upcoming schedule. He's got every check in his favor. That's you know, concerning, he, though, because I'm sure you've seen on the official account they've been posting uh, the successfulness of each most transferred in yep. player each week, and yep. it has yep. not been great. It only it only gave uh, good returns once. I think it was Mo Salah when he scored two goals. That was the one time when he scored two goals. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm still a buyer in Jesse Lingard. I think there's a little bit of meat on the bone there before you have to start, you know, questioning. Okay, now it's is it Lingard or is it you know somebody pricier? And then you have to you know shift around funds to somebody cheaper than than Lingard to you know warrant somebody else. You know, that's it's it probably one or two more weeks and then it's going to start as long as, as long as he gives you returns i think that's the that's until he starts leapfrogging people 
then you're going to be like, all right, I need Jesse Lingard, and I'm going to punt down to you know a Mark Albrighton, and I'm going to use that savings to jump up to somebody else. But where am I using that money? So uh, two more weeks, I, I would say, if he if he if he actually continues on the same path that he's going, if he continues on the same path he's going, he's going to be seven million in two weeks. But um, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I, I'm opti- optimistic about Lingard. I, I like where he's doing. He's you know he's not just scoring cheap goals. The goals he's scoring are you know. The one, the one he scored in the in what was it, the FA Cup? It was, mm. it was pretty decent. Little yep. outside, little laces outside of the laces looked a little nice. Looked some looked like he was going. So I know you hate Arsenal. I mean, you don't hate them. You just dislike them a lot. No, I hate them. All right, good. <laughs> um, are you sick of hearing that that Jack Wilshire is a is a viable FPL candidate? Sure now? am. Uh, we uh, had we had an Arsenal fan. On uh, the Premier League show a couple weeks back, and he was basically saying that Jack Wilshere starting was only out of necessity, um, and I think that's the case. And I do not think he will hold on to that position as Arsenal get more healthy in the midfield. Yeah, I I I, I equate this to you remember all that preseason hype for when uh, Aaron Ramsey was was supposedly the next coming of of. Uh, you yeah, know, although Joseph I do and, buy Joseph into Ramsey the, way more than I do. Oh, Wilshire. absolutely! I think he's a better offensive player, but I think that Wilshere what he's showing. Is is tricking or fooling or Houdiniing people into saying, oh, his price at five dot four, he could be that punt down midfielder that everybody pretty wants. No, I don't see it either. I just want to throw it out there because he he is a name in the know. We are a podcast in the know. We like to keep people in the know. So so now you know. We do indeed. All right, and we are back, my dearest friend Robert of House Langevin. Yes, my liege. <laughs> uh, what, what are we looking at uh, price changes this week? You already mentioned Lingard has been spiking. Aguero has been dropping. What, what are some of the other guys that have been making moves financially there in the uh, FPL game? On the ups, you know, it, it's a, it's just basically who you expect to be. Look at the returns that have been coming up, and people are, you know, they're not chasing points here. They're they're basically relying on the the products at the country store back in 1880. They're buying the flour. They're buying the wheat. They're buying the Marcus Alonzo's. They're buying the Raheem Sterling's. They're buying, you know, guys that have been, you know, stalwarts. So on the price ups, it's Marcus Alonzo. Surprise, surprise. Look at his returns. He's the best def- the fantasy defender regardless of price. Hands down. No price. No qualms about it. Harry Maguire is in there as well. Um, Lester's been showing out a little bit. He's been contributing a little bit. Um, by the way, Kev, I wanted to run this by you too. You think people's transfer in rates are any way equated to transfer rumors surrounding people? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because Mares is being transferred in a ton. So, and yeah, Maguire. And if been, he did move to Liverpool and if he was given that central role, he would obviously be even more lethal than he is at Leicester right now. Although with a little bit more rotation risk. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Maguire has been mentioned around in some transfer rumors as well from what I, from what I saw. So. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, and uh, uh, Johnny Evans potentially to one of the Manchester clubs would make him very valuable as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Odomende and Jones, those are the, the City and United Manchester luck, clean sheet luck charms. Uh, and then a su- surprise, I think this is a tail end of the, the, the double game week. And possibly, you know, people are buying into what um, the upcoming schedule leads for for the Hammers. Angelo Ogbana has gone up as well. Uh, Jesse Lingard, I mentioned before, he's actually gone up twice this week already. Could possibly go up one more time because his ownership was low. Now it's being high, so he may go up one more time. Uh, Mares has gone up. This is why I mentioned the if transfer rumors have anything to do with price changes. Absolutely they do. And the funny thing is transfer rumors that involved Liverpool are completely crazy. I think Liverpool has more fantasy players that play this game that support that club than any other club in, in this game. It's not even close, and I believe it 100% hands down. I don't have a number to back it up, but I'm just speculating. I think because I think Liverpool players like con- completely control the market in the FPL right now. Uh, Raheem Sterling's gone up. Eriksen's gone up. Uh, Arnautovic has gone up. He's got a flag. Be careful. Don't buy into it this week. Uh, Firmino has gone up. Uh, we're still waiting on Firmino's ban, correct? If he actually did say what he said or correct. didn't say. 
because the referee didn't see him, so I think that's the defense. If the if the words don't fit, you must acquit. Uh, Sergio Aguero's gone up, and Harry Kane has gone up. Um, no surprises there. Those are the, probably the, those are the three most owned forwards in the game for me. Aguero, Kane, um, and it continues to rise because I think they're basically the staple items. Like I said, uh, on the downs, uh, Morata has gone down. Uh, Shakiri has gone down. Hasn't really done anything. Stoke is in a in a pile of trouble right now. They they have no skipper now. Uh, KDB's gone down, Montreal. He's injured, but um, I wonder if he's been pimped now by Maitland Niles. Um, and then Valencia has gone. Antonio Valencia for United has gone down. Hasn't played in five games. Um, he's still iffy, fifty percent with a hamstring injury. So I don't think we see him probably this week. Maybe maybe next week would be the the best tout for him. But um, yeah, those are the priced ups and priced downs. There's a ton of other downs, but nobody else really significant. A lot of game, a lot of names you don't really know. Um, basically, guys that are only owned in leagues where their family members play. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's, <laughs> It, it, it's a good week because you know there's there was FA Cup last week and now there's you know the the, the Swamp Donkey Cup you know yes today and tomorrow and then we'll figure out what the upcoming schedule is so it's going to be an interesting run in here with the last 15 game weeks it's going to be fun I'm going to have fun I'm going to do 15 more podcasts with one of my good friends Kevin John DeVries hey, it's me um cool all right uh, let's uh, just jump into them gosh darn start sets. Uh, my forward, maybe of surprise to people, is going to be Alexander Lacazette of the Arsenal team that I do not care for very much at all. And um, as much as a Tottenham fan, uh, I enjoy his barren run and his struggles. Um, I think kind of like we were talking about Morata, I think that's about to turn around pretty soon and potentially in a big way. He actually has the second best shot accuracy in the league right now and is facing Bournemouth, who have kept just one clean sheet in the last ten matches. And it was nine matches ago. <laughs> So, um, I really think if Lacazette gets the start, he'll, uh, be a, a huge threat for them. And I do think he'll get the start because as I'll talk about in a little bit, I don't think Alexis plays in this one with the city rumors swirling just like he didn't start the season when yeah. the city rumors were swirling then as but well. It, you know what the crazy thing is? They're hmm. offering him to pay him that he's going to be the fourth highest paid player per week in the world. Who, Alexis? Mm-hmm. On that potential city deal? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, if he's the player he was last year, um, yeah. It's worth it. Um, in midfield, uh, you already talked about Jesse Lingard. I'm going to talk about him a little bit as well. He's just been tremendous of late, blanking just once in the last five matches. Four goals and one assist over that period. He's at top five in both goals and shots on target over that period as well. And now he gets to go against Stoke, who you managed our, who you mentioned our manager list and are literally the league's worst away defense. Um, so yeah, I think United score multiples here. I love that Pogba started getting back into the show. Last week, um, mm-hmm. last quote unquote week, last match week, uh, and I'm pretty confident Lingard will be vo- involved in uh, at least one, if not multiple, goals there against Stoke. Um, we kind of mentioned the Liverpool guys, Lallana or Oxlade Chamberlain. The real football side says Oxlade Chamberlain. The fantasy side obviously wants Lallana, um, but any of those guys could end up being interesting. Also, Leroy Sane, I, I wrote down in my notes initially. Um, but if Alexis is on the way, he might not get playing time. But if if the Alexis deal stalls or doesn't happen at all, with no Gabriel Jesus, I think Leroy Sané has a much better chance of starting week in, week out um, uh, going forward. Um, defenses that I like are West Brom against Brighton's worst away tack in the league, Swansea versus Newcastle, who have failed to score in 45% of their matches, which is bottom five of the league, uh, and Manchester United. Um, just because I'm not particularly worried about the Stoke team, while also admitting that they have scored in some big matches thus far. Rob, who you got on the docket this week? It's funny. I'm going to start with a with an anti of what you just said. I like Newcastle's defense this Way. week. Coming off back-to-back clean sheets for the for the Magpies. Um, I, I'll, I'll, so no knows what we're going here. <laughs> yeah, basically. basically. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a tout to Kieran Clark, 4.4. He's owned in 1.9% of leagues. He does give a little bit of offensive thing that a lot of Newcastle defenders have a flag on him right now. Lascelles is one, so you know I think that Clark is probably one of the better plays because they don't they're not really healthy enough and they don't have enough talent there to, to field a squad. So I think Clark gets there and there by uh, attrition or detrition, whatever the word is. Um, Lingard, is uh, my I believe it's nutrition. There you go, nu- nutrition. There you go, <laughs> dietitian. Um, Lingard is my midfielder. Kevin mentioned all the good stats. Um, listen, 15.7% owned. It's only going up. It's probably going to be close to 19% by game week, which is completely crazy to think about because 
you know, everybody looks at, oh, it's only 4% increase. 4% increase is almost, you know, was at 100,000 more players bringing him in. That's just crazy to think about. Um, he's got, he's got a 0.4 in the last three game weeks and the results are still to come because I think that United need him to be a f- offensive focal point. Uh, my forward start. Um, I want to do a drum roll here, but I just, I don't have the power or will right now, but it's Andy Carroll at 5.8. West Ham. Ooh, this is the week he might matter. Yeah, so he 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 scored two two weeks ago. Didn't do squat the next week. I think he only played five minutes. But I'm encouraged here because a his price is five point eight. Anybody who has been sitting on Calvert Lewin and are are not buying into Saint Tosan yet, you know, five point eight is is a good transition for a, all the cheap third striker options. Plus, these are his next five games, Kevin, at Huddersfield, versus Bournemouth, versus Palace, at Brighton. And then versus Watford as his next five. Um, it's kind of optimistic. I'm more optimistic because his price lines up neutrally with, you know, your cheap third striker. And, you know, we know what Andy Carroll, Captain Manbun can do when he actually does something. And he's like that wild card, wild card. So mm. basically, you know, it's not, it's not an awesome tout, but I like going for guys who are, you know, obtusely owned and kind of strange, except for Lingard. But Kevin likes to go for the, the obvious. See, that's why we're like Mutt and Jeff, yin and yang. We go we go together like peanut butter and bananas. <laughs> uh, on my sits, Romelu Lukaku. Kevin, I'm going to drop some stats because I did some stuff today. Ooh. I like dropping weird stats, weird stats, okay? He hasn't had a double-digit return since – he's only had one double-digit return since week one of this year. Since his last double-digit uh, double point return, well, I believe it was in week five – there have been 70 double-digit returns by midfielders and forwards since that time. 70, 70, 70. Now, you tell me why 22% of people are still owning Romelu Lukaku. It's a great question. He has not been very good for Manchester United, been- at least in the fantasy department. Obviously, he does things that don't garner fantasy points. But, who in FPL, no thanks. And I appreciate everybody who does all those pictures uh, on Twitter of that he looks like Mark Henry from WWE. In a Manchester United single. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, my midfielder sits, uh, Sadio Mane, nine, 9.3, 7% owned. I, I think City just has enough defensively that they're not gonna, they may limit Liverpool to one, but I don't think that Mane is that one. Uh, on defense, um, I'm not buying Burnley this week. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. Because Palace have allowed, have scored at least two goals at home in six of their last seven matches. There's another stat for you. See, I'm coming up with dynamite stuff this week. Um, Tarkowski and me mm-hmm. are in the top six in being transferred in for defenders. I'm not buying it. I don't see it. I think Palace get on the board, which completely neutralizes uh, a usually stoutish Burnley defense. Yeah. Are, are you confident the Palace score? Hey, I'm. Listen, I'm not a complete buyer in stats. I usually I'm using an eye test guy. Mm. But when but when they've scored two at least two goals in six of their last seven home games, you know, if they scored one, I'd be like, okay, that's that's something not to look at. But they scored two in six of their last seven home games. That that's a, a that is a fantastic stat. Like um, the only time the only time they didn't score two is in Man City. Hey, they're good. Yeah, and I've heard they wear blue. They they do. That's also correct. Yeah, I've I've heard that. Um, fair enough. Is, is that is that you done then? That's it, man. I'm done. I'm sorry. I wish I could ramble on longer. <laughs> it's a walk-off. Um, it's a walk-off. <laughs> for me, um, I sit up front, unfortunately, is Calvert-Lewin. We mentioned him earlier, um, but this is pretty unfortunate since <laughs> I still own him. But uh has three top 10 defenses in his next five matches, four top 11 defenses, but I realize that's kind of stat-skewing, but it's worth noting. Um, and now he has to worry about Cenk Tosin taking his job. Oh, and he's blanked his last four matches, which is what we were alluding to earlier when we... Uh, mentioned that his performances weren't helping him stay in our teams. Uh, yeah. So, uh, to quote Jay Z, we off that. Yeah, um, and, the funny, and the other funny thing about Cenk Tosun is he hasn't played since the 28th of December. There you go. Um, so he's he's fresh, mm, exciting, like a daisy. Um, so <laughs> in midfield, uh, I'm 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 sitting Coutinho. I think he'll really struggle <laughs> to pick up points for Liverpool. Considering his move to, no. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Alexis. Um, I don't see how you could be confident at all that he would start this week with whispers of a deal to City kind of looming everywhere. Um, his performances have been okay. Uh, obviously, per 90 minutes, he's been a little disappointing, but he's been getting tallies somewhat consistently. Um, but for his price, 
and the chance that he just won't start at all while this deal is coming through. Um, it's even questionable if he'll play tomorrow against Chelsea, although I regret saying that because by the time you listen to this, that match may have already happened. But, um, yeah, I'm just not confident in him at all. Uh, and in defense, Sit seems strong, but I just felt it was important to bring up Liverpool versus City because it has a really interesting side note in that Liverpool have the best home defense and City have the best away defense. Um, so while everybody thinks of City and Liverpool as just being kind of these free-scoring units, this might be one where there's far less scoring than people might assume. I'm not saying clean sheets, but I feel like a lot of people are looking at matchups like um, Salah on Fabian Delph at left-back, potentially Danilo, and thinking that's an amazing matchup, looking at Sterling on a young Andy Robertson, who's played well since winning that job for Liverpool. Um but all all the individual matchups sound good-ish, but it's worth noting again that both of these are actually in their best element defensively. City away from the Etihad, Liverpool at home um, at Anfield. So j- just an interesting little side note and make of that what you will. Uh, as for our actual teams, I did swap out uh, Pascal Gross for Lingard. Also worth noting on Pascal Gross, I know the returns haven't been very good lately, but he did jump back into the creative stats again this week. Um, so just kind of keeping an eye, if you are waiting to sell and have him and Richarlison, I'd probably rather get rid of Richarlison. Yo, that boy um, creative. Hmm? That boy creative. He is. He do. <laughs> he do them creates. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so for me this week, um, starting at the back, I actually haven't really decided where I want to go keeper-wise. I have Fabianski versus Newcastle and Adrian versus Huddersfield. Both of them get so many saves that they can rack up points regardless of whether or not they keep clean sheets. Uh, then across the back, um, Phil Jones, Andreas Christensen, and John Joe Kenny. Christensen against Leicester, I'm not as excited as I'd like to be. Um, I just think that Pace could undo this Chelsea attack, uh, Chelsea defense a little bit, although they have kept four clean sheets in five. I'm just a mm-hmm. little bit leery. Um, across the midfield, uh, Raheem Sterling, Mohamed Salah, Richarlison, Della Ali, and Jesse Lingard. And up front, Kane and Murata. I, I uh, agreed with you at least enough to not move Murata out of my team. As I mentioned, I have more pressing concerns. And it's entirely possible that the bad performances will be kind of counterbalanced by a great one. Um, so I'm just going to kind of roll with that as is. I currently have the C on Salah on uh, <laughs> good... Uh, will that he will be starting this weekend with the vice captain on Sterling. If news changes, I will probably flip-flop to captaining Sterling and throwing the V somewhere else in this team. But I'm not confident in Kane and Ali versus Everton, although Kane has had some pretty good performances against them recently. Um, Rob, who are you uh, dressing up this week in your fantasy squad, and who's getting that armband? Uh, I did, I made two changes because I didn't make a change the week before because I completely slept through the double game week and I thought all the games started at 10 and the one started at 7.30 Eastern time. Um, so I'm not proud of that. Um, yeah, so I have Fabianskin in net. Uh, I have Clark, Kieran Clark, Masuaku, Jones, Alonzo was one of my transfers in this week and Odomende on, in defense. Uh, I've kind of swapped a little bit of my mentality here. I, I'm kind of more investing in defense for the next couple weeks just to see how it turns like flips over my flips my team around and where my money can go um so i bringing in alonzo is the most expensive defender but he he's, gives you the returns of the most expensive defender so i'm optimistic that he could you know help me a little bit um through the midfield shakiri is my my dump i just don't have enough transfers to get him out and i don't want a wild card yet pogba de bruyne lingard and salad lingard is my other transfer in um so i'm optimistic that i'm not chasing points um, and my forwards are Marazza, Firmino, and unfortunately, like I said, I don't have enough transfers, so DCL is still there. He'll be gone pretty soon. I still have a million in the bank. I have the captain right now on De Bruyne, but that's only because it's what I did last week. It'll probably be on somebody crazy. Like it, it might be, I might actually be crazy and just put it on Alonso. I'm just being stupid right now because I brought him in. Everybody likes the shiny new toy, especially me. I'm like shiny objects. I'm like a big dumb animal. Ooh, yeah, isn't birds? Birds, birds or um, uh, iguanas? Uh, women, no. <laughs> women do like big shiny objects. I mean, engagement rings aren't big for, for no oh. reason. Um, man, that might be offensive. Sorry if that's offensive to people. Uh, and whoops. Um, all right. Uh, well, that will do it for us today. Unless you have any nonsense, you got any nonsense? No. Oh, well, I mean, people who listen to this like uh, American football. I mean, who do you think is going to win this? Who do you think is going to win this weekend's football games? Oh man. 
I want to say the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers. Steelers are going to beat Jacksonville. They barely snuck out of last week's game. Um, and Antonio Brown's fully back. Uh, so we should be, we should be A-OK. And while the Jaguars have a very good secondary, uh, there aren't many teams more stacked, uh, at wide receiver than Antonio Brown. Martavis and Juju, now that Martavis is actually playing football like a normal person again. Um, Patriots probably win. Blech. Uh, who's on the other side? The Falcons beat the Rams, right? Who, who are the Falcons playing? Is it Falcons-Eagles? Falcons play the Eagles and the Saints play the Vikings. Ooh, I, give me, give me, give me the Vikings and the Eagles. Although I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons just outvetted the Eagles just like they did to the Rams last week. Yeah. Who do you, uh, who do you think is in the Super Bowl? <sighs> Unfortunately, the Steelers need somebody else to beat the Patriots. Fun fact, the two Super Bowls the Steelers have won in this kind of 2000s era, a different team has beaten the Patriots before making it to the championship game because the Steelers have beaten, I think it was the Jets and the Colts in championship games. Yeah. Um, to get to the Super Bowl, we've not done it to the Patriots. Obviously, the fact it's at Foxborough is a blow. Oof. Um, there is all this weird internal strife with the Patriots, but um, <laughs> my dad's actually visiting me right now, and he uh, asked... Who he, who I thought was the person kind of manipulating this whole Patriot story. I was like, you know who immediately leaps to mind with, with mind games like this? Is Bill Belichick. I don't know how this helps them, but I think somehow Belichick is stoking his own fires right now. Yeah, it's um, like the Patriots weren't in the news for a week, so he's like, I'm going to create an elaborate story to yeah, me in the news. Th- that makes no sense and, and should, in theory, be d- detrimental to them, but will somehow help them. So, unfortunately, Great. as much as I love my Steelers, unless we can get a little bit of help this week, um, I think the Patriots probably go for the AFC a freaking again, just because I have no confidence in us playing them. Yeah. Um, and I'll say winner of Eagles-Falcons. Nice. I have the I have the Saints and and Steelers in the Super Bowl. So. I, I, hey, I would love that Super Bowl. So, I really uh, you know, as far as this game's weeks, you could basically just backtrack around. I think. Tennessee Why do you think has, the Saints beat the Vikings? Just the run attacks too good. I think that listen, they're going to a dome. The Saints are a dome team. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I understand defense wins, but I, but the Saints I, I think, defense has been really good this year. Yeah, I, I think that the Saints defense is on par with what Minnesota can do, and. Uh, the Saints' defense uh, offense is better than Minnesota. Listen, Case Keenum has been phenomenal this year. I just don't know how much he can do in the playoffs under the scrutiny, big lights, big you know that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I don't know if he's that you know I, he's had a phenomenal year. I just don't know if it's going to continue yeah. against a, a very, very, very good Saints team who offensively look like they can pretty much beat most people. That's fair. All right, well, those are our picks. Uh, if you are interested in talking more American football, you can get at us on Twitter. Rob, where can they do that? You can find me on Twitter, FPL underscore MNOP, or you can find my writings, musings, and stylings on Razball.com. Yeah, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. You can find my writings at Goal. Also check out our EPL Roundtable uh, show, which you can find uh, at EPL Roundtable on Twitter or on iTunes or any of the podcasty things. I think except for SoundCloud. I don't think we're on that for some reason. But anyway, listen to all that stuff. Check out our Twitters. Read our junk. Best of luck to your teams, and we'll catch you next time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.